Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Common Sense Christianity again. Today, we're going to look at two verses, and they're going to be 1 John 5.20 and Titus 2.13. And the reason why I want to address those two is because I've gotten into several conversations with Trinitarians where they, they twist the wording in the verse to make them sound like they're Jesus. And it's simply not true. Um, and that's that's part of the Trinity. I don't know if they're intentionally doing it or they're just, you know, they're just, they've been taught it and they can't see. Because the Trinity blinds people spiritually. It gives them a spiritual lobotomy and that's the truth. I mean, when you see Jesus, Father, let them know you, the only true God, and Jesus, the Messiah, the Messiah, who you have sent, that's it. You know, there's no, the, the only true God is a Trinity or the only true God is a three-person God. That's, that is so far-fetched and so unbiblical, you know, it's it just scary that people believe that. You know, we have but one God, the Father, and we have one Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. You know, and you can go through all the grace, grace and greetings from God, the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's not there. You know, he doesn't exist as a person. You know, there's like 15 different greetings, grace from God, the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, not and from the Holy Spirit, right? It would be unheard of if the Trinity was true and the Holy Spirit was the co-equal, co-eternal third God person to be left out of all the greetings. There's only fellowship and communion. And those aren't with persons. Like if you had a girlfriend and you say, you know, she shared in my love or whatever, then it, you know, it's not a person. We have fellowship and we have communion with a, the power of God. It's not a person. So, Let's go ahead and get into uh, 1 John 5.20. So, I'll read it. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding to know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Okay, so a Trinitarian, when you read this, they'll twist it and they'll say that the true God is Jesus Christ because it comes after the period. That's simply not true. And let's break it down. And we know that the Son of God, Jesus, has come, right? And has given us understanding to know him. Obviously, when it says him, it's talking about somebody else who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, his, okay? In his Son, the one who is true. The two previously mentioned incidences. In his Son, Jesus Christ, then it goes on to say, this is the true God and eternal life. Well, Trinitarians take it because it is after the period, right? It's kind of, it's misleading. You know, it's like the Granville Sharp rule, right? So we need to go through it. The one who, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding to know him who is true, which is the Father, and we are in him who is true, that's the Father, in his, the Father's Son, okay, in his Son, Jesus Christ. That's it. So we have the Father talking about the, He is the one who is true. His Son has given us an understanding to know Him who is true. Right? That's the Father. And uh, then it says, this is the true God in eternal life. Well, a Trinitarian, like I said, will twist it because it says, in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God, right? Right after the period. And so that that just, it, it just, it warps it um, because it's, you know, it's misleading. It's not, 
it doesn't mean right after the period that it's Jesus Christ. Uh, so we could go in through, um, we can go into another verse and I'll show you what I mean. As, um, let's see here. This is going to point out why uh, you don't use like the Granville Sharp rule on this. So right here, we can, we can make an instance of this in 1 John 2, 22. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, right? And he who denies the Father and the Son. So read that again. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. See how we can pop that back to Jesus because it's after the period? He who denies the Father and the Son. And also notice in this verse, it doesn't say he who denies the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Another big clue. The Holy Spirit apparently is the shy person of the Trinity. He always gets left out. All the greetings, he's never told to be worshipped. He's absent on the throne with God the Father. I mean, this guy is completely out to lunch. He's, he's missing all the time. And we know that it doesn't, you know, because he doesn't exist as a person. So the other one I want to go through is Titus, Titus 2.13. So this is another one that Trinitarians will twist. And they'll say that, if I read it here, it says, Awaiting our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's read it again. Awaiting our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And they go, see, it looks like it's Jesus Christ as our God and Savior. Well, no, if you click on the RSV, there's a footnote, okay? It says, or of the great God and our Savior. So we can read it again. Awaiting our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, right? So it's talking about two, two people. Appearing of the great glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. And how do we know this? Because we go right up to the very top on Titus 1, you know, the previous chapter. See, a Trinitarian will take a verse here and they'll twist it, right? But they don't look at what what they're trying to, you know, what the author is trying to tell us. If we go to the first book of Titus, it says, Paul, a servant of God, okay, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. So Paul's always, Paul wrote Titus, he's always addressing God, the Father, and Jesus Christ our Savior, in the same sentence all the time. So he talks about it, and he says, To Titus, my true, tr true child in the common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Savior. Okay, From God the Father and Jesus Christ our Savior. So we can go back to Titus 2.13. Awaiting our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see how they twist that? So we can look at other translations. Um, the great God, our Savior. Uh, so this is the NASB. It says, the great glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can go through other translations. Um, this one's the ASV. The glory of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see how, how it's different there? The glory of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There's, they throw the and in there, right? So people need to look at the translations and they need to look at what the author is trying to tell us. The author starts Titus by letting us know that we have a God and we have a Savior, right? So it's the great God and 
our Savior, Jesus Christ. There's not really much more to that. I'm just going to let this podcast go. Um, I'm going to dig in some other verses. I want to keep these short. So um, the point is that Paul always addresses both of them in a single sentence. It's not all of a sudden now that Jesus is our God and Savior. You know, when, when Paul made it very clear that we have but one God, the Father, and we have one Lord, Jesus Christ. God bless.